Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Tampa Bay Buccaneers from the 48-yard line. Second down, 13. Brady lobbed one down. Field caught ball by Gronkowski. Inside the 20 to the 15-10. Gronkowski to the 5 to the 4-yard line. Holy Rock of There's the snap. Mahomes running to his right. Look out. He may run. Mahomes. No, throw the down. Battle intercepted. Picked off in the end zone. Bucks are going to beat the Chiefs. We're the champions of the world, and we still have a minute 33 to go. Devin White. This is the big nasty. Yeah, big nasty. All fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! And there the cannons go. Fire them. Keep on firing them. Keep on firing them. It will be an NFC South showcase on Sunday night football for week 15 of the NFL regular season. Welcome back to the Cannon Fire Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. And we are joined by our good buddy today, the honorary third member of the show, James Hill, a.k.a. Mr. Bucks Nation here on YouTube. And we have got quite the game shaping up this week, fellas. As I mentioned before, Sunday Night Football prime time in their home stadium. The 10-3 Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a chance to stay undefeated at home and clinch their first division title in over 14 years, and they get to do all of it against the New Orleans Saints. Plenty of great things to talk about this week. We'll get you caught up on what you need to know for the game and all the latest red and pewter news over the next hour or so. But as I said, welcome back to the podcast. Boys, Evan and James, how are we feeling today? James, I know you got to feel good not being uh, cooped up in the back of a van anymore, right? Yeah, man. I just got done with a 15-hour drive. Uh which was fun. 15 hour car ride, I guess I should say. Um, so we, we yeah, were that, gonna, that was fun. We were planning to do this show yesterday and then, you know, just some scheduling things happened on my end, but uh, the entire plan was to get you live on zoom from the back of a van. And I got to tell you that not only would have been the most prolific guest we had had in history, because a lot of people make some excuses to not come on this podcast. And I think you coming to us live from the back of a van from an undisclosed location at some point in the country is the true definition of a hashtag content guy. If you catch my drift, right? People would have thought I was kidnapped. <laughs> All right, guys, I'm on a 15 and a, it's, I guess it's 15 and a half hours uh, car ride. All right, guys, is it, it, in the car we drove was a big old white SUV. So actually getting kidnapped. Yeah. I mean, it could have been, it could have been James last podcast appearance ever. I mean, it could have been the last time anybody ever saw you alive because the people who kidnapped you, we don't know what their intentions were. Luckily, yeah. they brought you back, though, for the sake of uh, Buccaneers content. Thankfully, thankfully, you know. So, yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for uh, having me here, guys. Greatly, greatly appreciate it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm ready to talk about some Buccaneers football against the Saints. 100%. So, wait, you, you weren't abducted? No. No. Oh. Reg- oh, I was under the impression the whole time yeah, you from, were. From okay. what I understand, they took you against your will, but they kind of got yeah. bored of you and brought you back. Well, yeah, I think they, 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 they took one look at James and said, that's it. I think um, that's just a normal trip with the family anyway, so. Wow, oh, wow. Throwing, ladies and gentlemen, James Hill, throwing shots at the rest of the Hill family. This is, uh, I wonder what Hank and Bobby are going to think of this. We're, we're going to have a fatal four-way at some point, you know. Yeah, wow. There better be some tables involved. I'll make sure we're there rolling camera. Hey, quick ad break, but uh, let me tell you about our guys over at betonline.ag, one of our main sponsors of the podcast for over a year at this point. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Head to the new updated desktop or a mobile website they have to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your bonus. 
BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and a proud sponsor of the Cannon Fire podcast. Let's go ahead and talk about this week's game. So again, you know, we looked at the Bills game being the biggest regular season matchup for the Bucs. I think this one trumps it just because of what's at stake, right? I mean, obviously the Bucs still in the hunt for the one seed. That's going to come down to if they can win these final four games over the next month. But truthfully, if you win the division, this is the goal that Tampa Bay had. They got the Super Bowl last year, but it's been said they wanted the division. They didn't get it. They got swept by New Orleans in the regular season last year. Beat them again in the playoffs, but you had to do it as a wild card. Here they are, the number two seed in the NFC right now. It's a three-way tie between first. All these teams have a 10-3 and record at this point, so you just have to win. And they can do that against not only a division opponent, but they can crown themselves NFC South champions for the first time since 2007. And I got to tell you, there is no better team to do it against than the New Orleans Saints. And I know that coming into this game, their roster is exploded. I mean, it seems like they barely have an offense left. They're down a head coach, by the way. Sean Payton going to be missing this matchup after testing positive with COVID-19 earlier this week. So honestly, if the Bucs lose this week, there really aren't any excuses that are going to be good enough, in my opinion. Like, like not only do they have to focus on putting together a complete four quarters of football, but you have to beat the Saints in the regular season. You have to win the division this week of all weeks. Like, it just, it, it has to come together. And with everything happening for New Orleans, that's affecting them negatively, it just seems like there isn't really a, a better week for something like this to happen. Yeah, and I mean, you know, it's just like you talked about. Not really a better team I think you could do it against than the Saints. Um, now, I will I will say um, the Saints really, especially in Tampa, uh, and I don't want to discourage anybody here, but the Saints inside in Tampa have actually had the Bucks number. Uh, I got, got, a few, got a few stats here. Uh, the Saints have won in Tampa three years straight uh, in, in the regular season. All of those victories were by 10-plus points. So they're all by two multiple scores. Um, since 2010, the Saints are eight and three versus the Bucks in Tampa. The last Bucks win, I believe, was the the Chris Godwin walk off touchdown. Uh, it was 2017, I think. Yeah, and it's um, it's even crazy thinking back to that game because we watched a compilation of all of Chris Godwin's career yeah, touchdowns, and that walk off against New Orleans was his first career touchdown. Given the career he's already put together, it's crazy to seem like it it really was that long ago. Yeah, yeah. So Bruce Arians, uh, as the Bucks head coach, is zero and five in the regular season against the Saints. Um, he's only ever lost to them by a single possession. That's in Tampa and in New Orleans. And the one time he did, the Bucs scored a touchdown with 12 seconds left to make it a one-score game. So, really, it was a two-score game anyway. Uh, in his head coaching career, he is 2-7 and seven against Bruce Arians. Uh, I mean, the Saints are – Bruce Arians 2-7 and seven against the Saints. There we go. English is hard, folks. Um, but I, I did point out that the Bucs are – a fairly healthy group, right? They're, they're going to be missed. Jamal Dean w- was ruled out, um, but uh, and Richard Sherman's probably not going to play. But as far as, you know, Carlton Davis is back. Tron Murphy Bunting is back. Uh, two guys that they didn't have, you know, w- when they faced New Orleans last time. Um, you know, Gronkowski is back on 100%. Gron- Gronk was back for that New Orleans game, but he he wasn't healthy. Um, so now that they're they're back and they're seemingly more healthy than they've been, yeah, there's there's no excuse to go in and and lose to the Taysom Hill led Saints. And I even said like, if you lose to them at home with a chance to to clinch the division, you for one you can forget about the one seed, and also you don't deserve the one seed anyway. Um, if you lose this game, I don't even know you you'll still get the division, but I don't even know if you deserve the division. I mean, you're being swept by New Orleans again uh, in front of your home crowd on prime time with this saints offense that is just decimated, uh, you know, uh, their defense is still good, but the, the saints offense has just been brutal. Um, you know, if you lose this game, you don't deserve really either one of those things. I'm not saying the one seeds out the window, if you lose this game, right. That's just, that, that is a definite, but the division they're going to win the division still. Like I'm, I'm pretty confident. In that. I think we all are, are confident in that, but 
just end it, right? Just, just end it, end it, you know, Sunday night against the Saints. The last time the Saints were in that building, they embarrassed you on prime time. It was on Sunday night football again. Yeah, just just find a way to end it. It doesn't have to be pretty. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it doesn't have to be pretty, but just win. Just, just find a way to win. And uh, looking at where these two teams have gone since their last matchup, Halloween in week eight up in New Orleans, the Buccaneers did not win that game. But since then, the Buccaneers have basically not lost very many either. They ended up dropping that one to Washington afterwards. But since then, they have won every other game that they've had. Meanwhile, the Saints... The team has definitely just fallen apart. I mean, they lost their starting quarterback in Jameis Winston against Tampa Bay. And after that, between the injuries and everything else, it's just been high, kind of hard for them to keep up. They were able to beat the Jets last week in their rookie That's quarterback. The yeah, big whoop. Um, but, I mean, they beat the Jets after dropping five straight games. So they were able to party in the locker room like they usually do after beating the Bucs. So clearly they won their season Super Bowl, but forgot about all the other games they had after that, dropping five of their last six uh, so New Orleans coming into this one, six and seven. They are also missing, along with their head coach, their, star their starting left and right tackles for this week, which is going to be huge. We'll talk about the pass rush and the importance that that brings later on in the show. But, you know, looking back at New Orleans, as far as the good news on their plate, they have also been down Alvin Kamara for a number of weeks. They got him back last week versus New York, and then uh, they activated Mark Ingram this week. So, I think this week, when you look at what the Saints have, what they're coming into this game with, they're missing their starting quarterback. They don't even have Trevor Simeon anymore, who single-handedly slayed the Bucks last time they played. They are running with Taysom Hill full-time now. I mean, Sean Payton has no excuse to say that that's not his guy anymore because it definitely is their guy. But I'll tell you, with what all of those guys bring to the table, Alvin Kamara really you know, getting his wheels back under him. Mark Ingram always finds a way to give the Bucks problems. He did that week eight against, uh, against this team. This is a huge test for the run game this week, the run defense of Tampa Bay, because if you want me honest, these last three to four games, they have not been playing up to the persona they have set themselves. We talked for two years straight about this being the number one run defense in the NFL. And while it doesn't have to be number one by a huge margin, I think seeing them stop some of these less than capable backs is going to be important as the playoffs get underway, because not only do you have the Saints offense, who always is not a less than capable back though. Well, I, uh, yeah, well, that's what I mean. I think I'm putting emphasis on, you know, some of these less than capable backs are putting up over a hundred yards. I mean, they just gave up over a hundred yards on the ground to Josh Allen last well, week on I, quarterback I, runs. And you're telling me Taysom Hill isn't going uh, to try and do the same. What, damn what, is, thing. what does that have to do with the run defense though? Really? Like, I just, these last I, four games, they've been averaging a little over five yards per carry. I, I, I understand that, but just when you're, you're doing quarterback designed runs, like, especially to the outside, like I said, just, you know, try and run to the outside against the bucks. But you know, when you're doing that, I don't know. It's, it'd be more worrisome if a running back did that. Now, Devin Singletary uh, did have a, a few nice carries. Like, I'm not going to just ignore that. He, he did have a few nice carries. Um, but a lot of the times the Bucks were playing pass. It happened in Philly. Uh, the Eagles start running the ball when the Bucks are playing, when the Bucks are up big and they're playing for the pass. Um, real quick, before we head over to James, because he's on the show too. Um, the, the, the Saints, after losing James Winston, yeah, they, they, they beat the Bucks. Then, I mean, they, they played hard versus the Falcons. They ended up losing. And then they, they played hard, really hard versus Tennessee. And they almost tied the game, but failed a two-point conversion. But after that, I mean, they lost to Philly 40-29. Uh, to 29. They lost to Buffalo 31-6. to 6. They lost to uh, Dallas 27-17. to 17. Like they, they just haven't been good. Um, you know, they were playing hard after that Tennessee game. But after that, the the – Previous the three against Philly, Buffalo, Dallas were not really competitive, and uh, obviously you're playing the Jets then. So yeah, I mean this Saints team, um, you know, while they're they're still in the hunt, right? Technically, uh, they haven't really been playing that great of football recently. And just to clarify your statement for any Saints fan who may listen to our podcast, um, I hate did, you. did you? Well, did you just tell me that the Saints could not beat all the teams that the Bucks were able to handle this year? Is it that's what you yeah. accurately just yeah, told that, me? That, that, that's actually true. Yeah, the wow. Bucks have beaten all three of those teams. Wow, so. very, very interesting. James, your thoughts. And 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 the Saints lost to the Falcons too. The Bucks just swept. Unbelievable. 
and the Giants beat the Saints, who the Bucks also beat. Just a just a very interesting nugget of information. That that's all. That's all for our for our New Orleans listeners. Just something to think about. You know, it's it's really interesting. Um, I I still think that there's that stigma in the air, right? Whenever wow. the Bucks play the Saints, of course there is. Evan, me and you have talked about this before. Mm, we talked about it right after the Halloween game. We talked about it late that night. Right. So there's still this stigma, man. They can have Taysom Hill. You know, Alvin Kamara, you know, Mark Ingram. Um, hell, they could have nobody at quarterback. And I they think, could have you, you know, yeah, yeah, we we could be out there, right? For this Saints offense. And it's just something that the Saints coaching staff, I think specifically, always seems to have the number of what the Bucks are trying to do, both for the offense and the defense, you know. Um, and it's it's been so frustrating the past couple of years, and I think that there really hasn't been much done to get rid of that stigma. So, you know, while we do talk about them not having their left tackle, them not having their right tackle, them not having Jameis Winston, them They'll benching away. Trevor Simi, all these things. I'm not, you know, I, I'm I'm saying that this is still going to be a competitive game because <laughs> of yeah. course it is because it's the Saints. It's always competitive. They always pull something crazy out against the Bucks every single time. Um, Hopefully the Buccaneers have learned their lessons, you know, the past three or four times they've played the saints. Um, so we'll see what happens, you know, because they've got a lot of frustrating players that are going to be active on that saints offense, regardless of all those injuries. So, you know, they should still win this game, right. Due to, you know, all the they're, they're the better going... team, right? They were, right. they were the better team week eight too. And they, right. they didn't win. Right. I agree. It's just something with the Saints, man. So while there are all these injuries, you know, something about the Saints where you can't take them lightly, you know, especially against the Bucks. So no, you, we'll... you're 100 percent correct. But I'll tell you, I think what can counter that problem this week. And, and this is something else I wanted to get your guys opinions on. Uh, we talked with our good uh, our good buddy Gene from Buck, what you heard on Wednesday's show. And we talked about what the Bucks have done well over these last, you know, almost two seasons now. But I'll tell you, regardless of all the things that they have done well this season, regardless of how much better of a team they are coming into this week's matchup, I don't think any of it's going to matter unless they can put together a complete football game. And, you know, as the playoffs get closer, that's something we talked about pretty, uh, you know, pretty good while on the last show was just this team's ability to clean it all up, start to button things up as the playoffs approach. But you know, when you are going against the competitive Saints team who always seems to have your number, regardless of how outmanned or outgunned they may seem, if you want to be competitive in this game and you want to keep your distance from New Orleans, which I think is a comfortable win, is something everybody will enjoy, you just you have to go out there and compete for four entire quarters. You can't shoot shoot yourself in the foot, which they have done a better job of cleaning up self-inflicted penalties over this past month or so. But, like, there's a lot of little things the Bucks have to make sure they do right. And... You know, of course, over time, the better you do it, the more accurately you can put together four complete quarters of football, the better team you're going to be in time for the playoffs. But I think, you know, that extra motivation that they need, it has to start this week because, yeah, they can out talent the hell out of New Orleans. But like both of you guys just alluded to, if they're not playing competitively, they're going to get behind and it's going to be a pretty tough afternoon. They were they were behind a lot of that game. You know, the in, in week eight, I think the, the Bucks only led, I think, twice, um, which is the, they scored first and then they led 27 26. So, um, yeah, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult. Uh, Tony asks, Who's the the Aints play caller now that Sean Payton has COVID? Um, Pete Carmichael, I believe, is going to be their play caller, he's their offensive coordinator. Uh, in terms of who's going to act as head coach, I believe that's going to be Dennis Allen, their defensive coordinator. Um, so obviously he has experience. He, he coached the Raiders. So um, that's not a, you know, whenever you talk about coaching, it's a loss, but it's not as big of a loss because your game plans pretty much remain the same and everything. It's just, it's executing them. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, you talk about that playoff game last year and it's almost like, you know, Saint, the Saints have forgotten about that game, right? Like the Saints, the Saints still think, and I think we talked about it, uh, James, like the Saints think that was a, a fluke. Like that, that was a complete fluke. Because they still believe in week eight, you almost reassured it, right? That, um, you know, that the Bucks can't beat the Saints. Like they, they just, they, they can't do it. Um, 
And uh, it doesn't matter what team the Saints have. It doesn't matter what team the Bucks have. Uh, it's always going to be close, and this is going to be a close game. So before we get into the matchups, like offense, defense, and stuff, like I said, just wanted to point that out that, you know, the playoff game was great, right? Like, you'll always have that. But like the, the Saints have quickly forgotten about that. And if the Bucks still want to hang on to that, they're going to be losing on Sunday night as well. And one more thing that's important to mention is we talk about what's on the line for these two teams coming into this week's matchup. Uh, TV 12 Goatman in the live chat makes a great point. Let's not forget that the Saints are playing for their postseason lives at six yeah. and seven. Believe it Every, or not. Everybody's I, I, six and seven. Yeah, I know. Like any, teams. any six and seven team could make the playoffs. It's kind of crazy how, you know, we're in week 15 of the NFL season and, and more than half of the NFC could still just take that last wild card spot. Uh, the Saints are one of those teams sitting with a six and seven record. So not only are they going to be giving the Bucks their best football because everybody does that this season, not only are they going to be giving the Bucks the best football because they are division rivals and they hate Tampa Bay, but on top of all of that, these guys are playing for a chance to make it to the postseason, which is still very much possible, believe it or not, with a six and seven record. Yeah, I mean, that's you're like I said, there's there's like four or five different teams. It's Philly, Washington, uh, Minnesota, I think, might have a 6-7 and seven record. Um, you know, the Saints, the Falcons now have a 6-7 and seven record. Like, there's a lot of teams there that are going to be competing for it. And, uh, yeah, the Saints the Saints know that they got to – I believe they have the Bucks. Then they then they play they play the Dolphins. Then they play the Panthers and Falcons. So, the Saints got to probably win three of four of, the, of their last four. And I think they would love to, to do it. Don't do it this time and not only help their playoff chances, but also, you know, they, they, they know what's at stake that they know what happens if the bucks win that, you know, they've been the NFC South champions for what, four or five years straight. You know, they, they, they don't want to give that up right away. So, um, you know, they're, they're going to have plenty of motivation, I think, to get this done. So let's go ahead Silence. and get into, <laughs> let's go ahead and get into uh, some of the matchups that you had talked about. I wanted to cover first, maybe the Buccaneers offense against the Saints defense. And we'll kind of look at what the Saints on the defensive side of the ball bring to the table. So their pass defense is ranked middle of the road. I think they're like 18th in passing yards per game. They, they, they turn into like number one against the Bucs every year. Right? Yeah, it, it's kind of crazy. Their pass defense isn't really anything to write home about this year. They did shut down uh, Zach Wilson, the rookie quarterback in the New Ooh. York Jets last week. Um, so let's not forget about that feat against an offensive powerhouse in the NFL. But I'll tell you, the one thing that really has come to light with the Saints defense is their pass rush these past few weeks. They have really found a way to blossom after week eight's game on Halloween. I think they're a top five team in the league on quarterback pressures and hits. Uh, so that's going to be pretty interesting coming into this matchup. But Evan, I wanted to get your thoughts first here for the Bucks offense. And of course, what we know they can do. What do you think that game plan is going to come down to this week? Is it one guy who's going to be getting more looks than everybody else? I know Chris Godwin has put together a pretty good yeah. stretch of games. The first receiver to hit one K this year on receiving yards, but we also know Leonard Fournette can run it down these guys' throats if they wanted to give him 20 carries per game. So it's interesting to see what they do this week. But with their pass rush being what it is, you know, what does that leave in the deck of cards for the Bucks? Yeah, well, I mean, you, you talk about Chris Godwin being hot. He he caught eight balls for 140 yards and a touchdown that Week 8 game. So I think they're going to be looking to Godwin again. Uh, Mike Evans has had trouble with Marshawn Lattimore. We always talk about it. Um you know, and I, I think they're going to be looking Godwin's way again. Now, something that happened in a week eight game, that was Tyler Johnson's best game as well. Five receptions for 65 yards. And maybe you could say, well, I was going to say you need Johnson to do that again. But on the other hand, you could say, well, maybe not because you'll have a healthy Gronkowski, right? Gronkowski, he was back, but what he played like four snaps or something. Then he had the, the back tightness. So um, didn't really play. Uh, so, you know, having him back will be huge. We, Mike Evans just always struggles against Marshall Lattimore. Just, it's going to happen. So I do think you're going to see a lot of Gronkowski. I think you're going to see a lot of Godwin. Uh, Leonard Fournette, he should be good to go. Showed up on the injury report this week, but practiced on Friday. So uh, that's a positive sign that he'll be able to go. I think you'll see him out of the backfield uh, as well, obviously, especially without Gio Bernard being there, right? You're going to have to have that receiving option. And Fournette's turned in to be – you know, the, their best option there. So, um, you know, as far as the Saints defensive line, I, I have faith in the Bucks offensive line. Uh, the Bills pass rush is so-so. It's not great, but it's also not the worst. 
the Bucks offensive line held up pretty good in the second half. There's a few lapses, but um, I, I trust the Bucks offensive line. They were able to play well against the Saints in week eight. Uh, the Saints got some sacks. I believe they got back-to-back sacks when the game was already decided. I think after the pick six, I think they ended up getting their sacks. So, um, you know, I, I I trust the offensive line. I, I do. Um, I don't think Ryan Jensen was on the injury report this week, so it sounds like he's 100% good to go. He's done with that, uh, that, that ailment that he had. I even forget what it was. Um, I mean, you know, Russ in the chat says Saints are lucky AB isn't playing. AB didn't play in that week eight game either. So, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, they, they've, they've caught a break there a lot. Um, so I thought Brady was spectacular in week eight. I thought he was played great. Um, his, easily his best game against the Saints as a buck, even that playoff game. Um, made some mistakes, obviously. Uh, the big one being the hey, you, got, you got to make sure you acknowledge those because there's going to be a lot of people who hear you say that and go, whoa, whoa. Oh, and they're gonna, you know, freak out and flip the table on you. Well, whatever. Uh, if yeah, if you know my thoughts on Tom Brady, it's not a surprise to see me give him credit. Uh, anyway, I mean, one of the interceptions was a clear defensive pass interference, but okay. Uh, so I, you know, it's uh, it's it's gonna be difficult, but yet again, the Bucks have more talent, so I just think the Saints' defense is good. Right. But the Bucks have a lot of talent and they seem to be clicking at the right time. And this game's at home. We all talked about how the Bucks are a different offense or a different team at home. And I do think that matters. James, before I get your opinion, I do want to bring up one more thing that I think could be an X factor for this offense. Tony Baloney in the uh, live chat not only brings up the penalties, which I think we'll talk about here in a second, but. He also talked about the emergence of Rob Gronkowski, who is not only available for this game, but he should be feeling as close to 100% as he has the entire season. You know, we saw the return of 87 against New Orleans in Week 8, and I thought he was going to be a way bigger factor than he was. I think that's just because I didn't entirely understand how much pain he was until we saw him actually go out there and not be 100%. But I think that's huge this week. You talk about Brady being red hot. I mean, Gronk's still doing his thing. More touchdowns than ever, it seems like. So... I think he could be a huge factor, especially when it comes to the red zone. If Mike Evans is having a rough day and a lot of attention is going to be on Chris Godwin, of course, Rob Gronkowski could just go out there and do his thing because, you know, the mismatches are one thing. But when you're covering Gronk, like I feel like it goes beyond mismatches. You just you have to dominate that assignment if you're going to slow down big 87. And hopefully I think he finds himself in the end zone this Sunday. That's my bold prediction. We get uh, bold, quote unquote. We get a Gronk touchdown this week against new orleans and it's going to be in the end zone with the ship that's uh that's my that's my prediction there but james your thoughts on you know this buccaneers offense versus new orleans defense you know i'm a pretty big uh here at hill house we're pretty big brashad perriman people you know (laughs) we were freaking out in the car you know were you as freaking out as much as rhett was or uh i was i was fist bumping everybody in the car so, James, were you watching the game on your phone or you listening to a radio? Was I was on? listening to Rhett. Oh, okay. The whole time, the whole live stream. He, uh, he I, by, by the way, I mean, not to toot my own horn here, but he might as well have been listening to the uh, to the radio because I can't think of a better Bucks game caster than uh, that guy you had filling for you on your channel that day. No, no, seriously, you did a fantastic job. That's why I didn't have to go and listen to the radio or go watch the game on. Thank you, buddy. On whatever, um, but. Yeah, you know, Rashad uh, Perriman, man, I don't know, man. Is that his breakout moment where he starts to get – they've already got a nickname for him, man, BP, you know, BP. So here's what I'm going to say. Here's my bold prediction, okay? Rashad Perriman, okay? He's going to have over 100 receiving yards this game. That's – yeah, that, 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 that's wow, more bold that's, than yeah, that's, that's definitely a down. bold prediction. Rhett's was a mine was a Mine was a cupcake. Yeah. Bruce Arians was waiting – for Tom to finally start targeting Brashad BP, Brashad Perriman. He was BP. waiting. Batting practice. You you heard Tom Brady whenever he came back after the game. He's like, man, BP, he's just fast. He was gone. He was loving it. So I think that the Saints, because they're the Saints and they always do this, they're going to focus on Mike Evans. They're going to focus on a little bit of Chris Godwin. You know, they're going to try and take away everything. But that's when Brashad Perriman shows up, baby, and you ain't going to stop him. He's going to get over 100 receiving yards. That's just, that's it. That's it. I think, but, but whenever you look at it, no, Evan was right. 
Marshawn Lattimore, he does always seem to have Mike Evans number. It's frustrating, but it happens, you know, we'll, you know, maybe Mike Evans will still continue to get some good looks in the red zone. I think that's definitely a possibility. I, I will say Tony points out Evans played better against Lattimore in week eight than he has in the past. So, right. Right. So we'll, we'll see. He got a little bit of momentum back in his favor. So we'll see if he can continue to use that. Um, Chris Godwin's looked well against the saints in the past, but you know, Dennis Allen, he's, fantastic defensive coach in this league you know and he he does a really good job of of taking away a lot of the weapons that the Buccaneers offense has so I agree with what you guys are saying where you look at guys like Rob Gronkowski you look at guys that like Leonard Fournette uh to kind of make up for where some of these other guys might get taken away you know and I think that'll be huge so so I expect a lot of Gronk I expect a lot of Leonard Fournette like what you guys were saying but I'm gonna throw in BP Oh, so, if real, you, real quick. If you like Sorry. bold predictions, that's, you know, that's the boldest yeah. one you're going to get today. I mean, well, Rashad Perryman, 100 plus yards against New Orleans. Joel Regan says, well, I don't know about all that. Gronk will have 100 yards for BP does. I mean, it's it's a bold prediction. So that's, you know, it's, B- I don't know hey, why, hey. why everybody's giving James, hey, it's a bold prediction. It's B- most likely not going to be right. That's what makes it bold. We like acronyms on this show. BP for BP. Bold prediction for Rashad Boom. Perryman. It's the new weekly segment with our guy, Mr. So, Bucks Nation. Before we move on to the Bucks defense versus the Saints offense, uh, I just wanted to be, I mean, I think this is the more interesting matchup, right? The the Bucks offense versus the Saints defense, because you have units that are at full strength here, um, you know, going to be competing against each other. Uh, you know, the team's best two units, right? The Bucks offense versus the Saints defense. So that's why I think we got to spend more time talking about this. Um this is from Brad Spielberger from PFF. Uh, since joining the Bucks, James, you talked about how good of a defensive coach Dennis Allen is. Well, he's been very good against Tom Brady in the Bucks uniform. Uh, since joining the Bucks, Tom Brady versus Dennis Allen Saints defense, a 67.5 PFF passing grade, a 1.14 touchdown to interception ratio, nine turnover worthy plays. That's 5.7%. So five, five, a little over 5% of the, of the plays that he has are turnover worthy and averaging 255 passing yards per game. Tom Brady versus everyone else in the NFL since joining the Bucks, a 93.9 pass grade, 4.33 touchdown to interception ratio, 14 turnover worthy plays, that's 1.2%, and 303 yards per game. So, while I still believe, and some people disagree with me, and I was going to go skip Bayless on them that they disagree with me, but uh, that Tom Brady didn't play well in that game. But did you watch the game? That, that's what I'll ask because he, he was You didn't even he, turn it on. He was, the, he was the only reason they had a chance. So I, I don't care what anybody says. Um, so, I mean, that those numbers, though, those, those are the numbers, man, right? Like, week one last year, it is a little skewed. It's his first ever game with the Bucks. No preseason, no training camp. You know, it was a crap show, whatever. Then, you know, week nine, 2020, we all know what happened there. I was there for that one. Um, you know, just, just a, even though it wasn't really his fault, just a, just a bad, bad showing. Even in the playoff game, like, he, Brady was very much a game manager in that playoff game. You know, the defense really stepped up and, 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 really won that game for him. So, um, and then Brady, I thought was really good last time, but just, you know, came up short. So, yeah, but it, I mean, those numbers are accurate and those numbers tell you the story that Dennis Allen really has, uh, his defense really has performed well against Tom Brady. And I think it's kind of the, the thing about, you know, being up against the goat, right. And you know, everybody, not only do they want to give you your best shot because you're the champions and you're a rival, but that's Tom Brady, right? Everybody wants to be able to intercept or sack Tom Brady. So, um, you know, it, it, it will be, it will be a challenge, I think, but at the same time, like we keep coming back to, I, the Bucks just have more talent. And as long as they're not shooting themselves in the foot with penalties like they did last time, uh, the, the offense should be able to have some success. Yeah, that, that's 100% one of the biggest factors of this game for the Bucks on offense, too. Like, execution is there, but along with execution, it has to be, you know, no turnovers. You don't need to give New Orleans any reason to set up an easy score, to possibly keep them in the game. You know, they've played a lot of other games this year where teams have simply been kept in games because of costly turnovers. It cannot happen this time of year. And then, of course, cleaning up the flags as well. But looking at what Dennis Allen, as a defensive play caller, has been able to do against Tom Brady, hopefully for the Buccaneers and Brady's 
sake going forward, he can uh, fill one of those head coaching vacancies sometime over the offseason. Because I think, you know, there's a lot of guys on the list of uh, potential NFL head coaches, and he may be one of them. I, I know this doesn't have to do with the game this week, but it kind of just came to mind. And I'm curious your guys' thoughts on it as well. We talk about potential head coaches. They just recently changed the NFL rules on interviewing head coaches. So the final two weeks of the season, the regular season teams can actually start the interview process for some of these coaches. I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, a pair of coordinators in Tampa Bay, Todd Bowles. We'll talk about him second because I don't think he's going to be as hot of a coaching candidate as a guy like Byron Leftwich will be. But I mean, you know, a lot of this is just hearsay at this point, but Byron Leftwich is a name who's already been attached to a lot of these coaching jobs, specifically in Jacksonville. And I, I think, Evan, we said this off of the show. You made a great point to where Byron Leftwich probably wouldn't be mentioned for the coaching job in Jacksonville if he wasn't their quarterback for a number of years. But, you know, what are your thoughts on this potentially being Byron Leftwich, his his last season in Tampa if another team wants to uh, to scoop him up? Is it is it that much of a possibility that some people are leading on? I think it's possible. Um, I, you know, there hasn't been any reports or anything, right? It's just a lot of the betting sites and a, a lot of the, the speculation. I, I think, you know, and we talked about this in the, in our group chat earlier this week. I, I think if, if Leftwich didn't play for the Jaguars, you might not hear as much about the connection. Um, so, but I mean, it, it makes sense. Everybody's looking for that hot offensive coordinator, right? Um, but I, I, I'm not sure. I, I'm, I'm really not sure, uh, if, if Byron is going to take a job this year, it still feels like left, which might be a year away from getting a job. I think Bowles is close. And I think Bowles was close last year too, uh, which is why he got a few interviews. Uh, but I mean, there's a definite connection there. Uh, a lot of people are, are talking about, you know, you, the next hire has to, has to help, you know, develop Trevor Lawrence. Well, here's the thing, Byron Leftwich. It's not like he has a long history of developing quarterbacks, right? I mean, he had Jameis Winston for a year, and now he's got Tom Brady. So, you know, it's not like he has this long history of, oh, he's a quarterback developer. He can get this, this, and this. So, I'm not sure if Jacksonville's going to look to that. Uh, they were interested in Eric Bieniemy. Uh, I think he was basically second on their list before they hired Urban Meyer last year. So, um, I would think the enemy would be at the top of the list, but I think Leftwich will be on that list. As far as bowls, I wouldn't expect them in Jacksonville. Uh, maybe a place like Chicago, I think you might be on the lookout for that. But um, as far as this this job in Jacksonville, I wouldn't expect bowls, but I would keep an eye out for, for Leftwich. I wouldn't expect it, um, but I also wouldn't be completely shocked either because, I, you know, a lot of fans, and I've been arguing on Twitter this past week, and there's been a lot of discussion. I still think Byron Leftwich is a good offensive coordinator. I think all offensive coordinators have inconsistencies, but he is still a good offensive coordinator. So, um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, it'd be, it'd be a good thing for the Bucks to keep him. It would not be a good thing to lose him, but uh, the good news is I don't believe they're going to lose him, at least not to Jacksonville. So let's go ahead and take a look at the rest of. Oh, hang on, hang on. Let James right. get his uh, Okay, take on. all right, James, your two cents on uh, you know potential coaching changes for <laughs> I, Tampa Bay. I know Bay. his opinion. I know his opinion doesn't matter that. Yeah, no, 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 no. Like, he just let's, listen, let's listen, listen, listen. I I know that sometimes when you have a third person on the show, there's a chemistry you have to work out. And James, you're a really good friend yeah, of ours. We, I mean, we've only done like thirty shows. Together. Yeah, I know. So I, it's I guess my I, turn. It, it's right. my turn. You should have done that. Oh man, missed opportunity. It's your, um, it, it's your turn, James, your thoughts. It is my turn. It's my turn. Um, so yeah, just real quick. I mean, I, I talked about this in a group chat. I, I don't know if there's a bold prediction, but I, I think that the Jaguars will end up hiring Byron Lutwich. I'm just firing a lot of weird takes out this live, this, uh, podcast. Hey, say, but, so, somebody's got to do it. You know, I, I think that there, there's my reasoning behind why I think the Jaguars would do it. It's like what you guys said former first round draft pick there in Jacksonville, that's a tie to the city, to the team, you know, that would be some good PR. I think given all the crap, the Jaguars just dealt <laughs> with for point. the past year, bring back the guy that a lot of people, I, I think remember some what fondly with Byron left, which it would be a, a cultural shift in terms of the seemingly ultra intense, I guess, if you want to use that word, 
situation involving Urban Meyer, I like to think that you kind of get a more not laid back, but down to earth kind of situation and culture with Byron Leftwich. By- Byron's know, a- Byron's not going to go kick his kickers. No, he he's he's a players guy, right? Like he he really connects with with guys on his offense and on his team. You know, we've seen it with the Bucks. Um, so I think that that's another reason why they could want to go for a, a switch like that, along with his history being with the Jacksonville Jaguars already. It'd, it'd be a good story involving that. In the case of developing Trevor Lawrence, you know, me and you talked about this, Evan, uh, in the group chat. Um, obviously, Byron Leftwich has not had a lot of time to work with quarterbacks. He's worked with what? Josh Rosen. Uh yeah, I don't even think he got to work with Kyler Murray. No, he didn't even get no. to work with Kyler Murray in Arizona. It was J- it was Josh Rosen, some other quarterback in Arizona. I can't it remember. was Sam Bradford. It was Sam Bradford in Arizona. And then he went to Jameis Winston uh, and then Tom Brady, right? I think not that's a lot of not a lot of development there. In the, you know. But I will say this two years with Tom Brady, we've seen how teams react to offensive coordinators working with great quarterbacks. Adam Gase spent, what, four years with Peyton Manning over there in Denver? He got two head coaching jobs out of that because Peyton Manning would recommend him. If Tom Brady says to the if, – if they ask, like, hey, Tom, you know – I'm going to say F off. But, right? But but if Tom Brady yeah, gives – this guy's any, washed. This guy – if, if Tom Brady gives any form of recommendation, you know, and he's honest, you know, because I imagine Tom Brady does like Byron off, which is an offensive coordinator. That's going to help out a lot. I think, you know, and, and teams do look at those types of things and go, well, he had two years with Tom Brady. He's, he's going to be great. You know, I'm not saying Byron off, would go over there and be bad, but we've seen similar scenarios with guys like Adam Gase and other offensive coordinators who work with these great quarterbacks in the past and uh, go, and uh, are able to get some head coaching jobs. I mean, you saw that with, you know, Bruce Arians. Obviously, Bruce Arians' resume was way, way, way more vast and extensive than Byron Leftwich's, but the point still stands. That's how teams think whenever they see these OCs working with these all-time great quarterbacks. They really want to make them head coaches. So I think there's a lot of threads there that I think, you know, I, I could be dead wrong. I probably will be dead wrong, but there's a lot of threads there that I think will lead to Byron Leftwich being the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And obviously this entire situation has nothing to do with the game this Sunday. Something we'll probably talk about way more when the time comes. But, you know, with all of these rumors starting to pop up, the seed has been planted. So just something to think about. But let's go ahead and put a bow on this game preview and talk about the other side of the football for these two teams. The Buccaneers defense versus the New Orleans offense I know we talked at the start of the show about how you know I think personally the run defense is going to be a big factor of how this game goes but uh, really quickly we'll get to this question from TB12 Goatman in the live chat this is for you Evan I'll toss it to you first do y'all think we play a lot of zone keeping eyes on Taysom Hill or do we play man make him throw into tight windows uh, with D White maybe playing a spy and I will say I don't know about, you know, tight windows and man coverage being a uh, connection on this team because it seems like our man coverage is anything but tight windows, as Tony Baloney would say. But, you know, what is the overall defensive game plan this week? And uh, how did the uh, how did the Bucks approach containing Taysom Hill and that offense? Well, you know, I do think they've learned a little bit of lessons from Josh Allen, right? I think it was actually good to play a quarterback like Josh Allen before you're playing Taysom Hill. Look, Trevor Simeon isn't going to run, right? Uh, Jameis Winston run a little bit, but like Taysom Hill, like you're not really going to be doing designed runs for Jameis Winston, right? So Taysom Hill, you're going to be doing like designed stuff to get the ball in Taysom Hill's hands and get him to run the football. Um, And I think having played Josh Allen, that'll help the defensive line. That'll help the linebackers. Uh, In terms of coverage, it's tough. You know, they had a lot of success last year with the Saints against, you know, with man, right? Um, and especially in that playoff game, but they played zone week nine and Drew Brees just picked them apart. Obviously, Taysom Hill is not Drew Brees, even though Drew Brees had declining physical traits, right? His arm strength, his mobility, stuff like that. He was still a very smart football player, right? And if you're going to play zone against him and not get a, a, a rush there, he's going to pick you apart. Is Taysom Hill going to do that? No, not really, right? Drew Brees was still accurate. He just didn't really have the arm strength. Um, you know, Taysom Hill has some arm strength. He has some pop in the arm, but how accurate is he going to be? You know, and are the Bucks going to force him to 
to maybe throw into those tight windows, but leave their corners on an island, kind of. Or, or are they gonna, you know, have zone coverage and make Taysom Hill make the right decision, uh, while also hoping, hopefully, getting a pass rush. So it'll be interesting to see. And I'm not really sure which way they're gonna lean. I would probably, you know, they play zone most of the time, probably like 70 30 zone, even though I still do believe. That has mostly to do with them basically playing backup corners the entire year. So now that the starting secondary is back, it's easier to play man coverage when you have, you know, Carlton Davis and Sean Murphy Bunting. You won't have Jamel Dean, but Ross Cockrell is filled in. I know people like hate him because they expect him to be like this all pro backup player, I guess. And it's super weird, but whatever. He's he's fine. Um you know, it's um it's a tough call. I think the number one thing though has to be containing Taysom Hill, you know, not letting him rush for seven, eight yard to pop, right? That can't happen. If that happens, the Saints are staying on schedule. They're they're doing what they want to do, and you you just, you got to limit that. So I think they're the Saints game plan will be get the ball out of Taysom Hill's hands quick, probably into an Alvin Kamara. Hopefully, you know Kamara can break some tackles. And, uh, you know, they'll be able to fool them a little bit with some designed runs for Taysom Hill. I think the Bucks game plan has to be not necessarily putting pressure on Hill, just containing him inside that pocket and forcing him to make the throws, right? If he makes the throws, great, but you can't give him really anything easy. And I think when this defense is going to be keeping an eye on so many players on the field, like let's say they bring out a set with both Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara, you're going to have to pay attention to both of those guys on top of whoever else they have on top of the field. Taysom Hill always a little bit of a wild card but you said it's not so much about putting pressure on him this week and I I do agree I think it's about containing him but you know a big part of that is going to be the defensive pressure they can accumulate with four guys Uh, we talked about the improvement of this pass rush over the second half of the season I think bringing pressure with four guys so everybody else can just stay on their assignment is going to be crucial this week and with the Saints already being down they're starting two offensive tackles I'm expecting a guy like Shaq Barrett to step up and just continue his excellent level of play. I think Shaq Barrett gets one sack, maybe two this week. Uh, uh, All right, I'll I'll jump on the James train here. I will say Shaq Barrett gets two sacks this week against New Orleans. I think he plays like a man possessed. I'll raise you. That's not bold. I'm going to say he's going to get Two sack performance? I'm going to say he's going to get three. I'll raise you one. All right. I'll, I'll say I'll, here's my bold prediction. Carlton Davis gets two interceptions. Let's go. Let's go. That, there, there, there's, there's my bold. Right. Now we're cooking, okay. boys. Yeah, yeah, that's bold if, if I've ever heard it. James, I want to get your thoughts. Carlton on, Davis uh, has never had a, a career two interception game. It's going to happen Sunday. I like it. Like Babe Ruth, point to the outfield. Call on his shot. Man. Yeah. All right. James, speaking of calling shots, I'm excited to hear what you say next, man. I, I want your take on this Bucks defense going up against uh, the Saints offense and Taysom Hill. You know, man, it's all about Taysom Hill, Alvin Kamara, and Mark Ingram, right? I've said this before, and, you know, I think we've all said this before. We've all been proven right. If they don't have Alvin Kamara, that offense dies, just point blank dies for the most part, right? Uh, now you got Alvin Kamara back. That's a headache. That's a huge headache. You combine that with Taysom Hill and Mark Ingram. That's a, that's a big problem. It's an annoyance, right? Because they can do so many different types of things. You know, the Saints, they like to get cute with their offensive play calling and do all these wacky, weird, fun things, I guess. Um, and I expect that to be no different in this game because it's worked for them against the Bucks in the past uh, time and time again. So, you know, in regards to what do you do against Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram, um, I think that stopping the run is first and foremost, you know, I mean, first and foremost, I saw somebody in the chat say, you know, you got to shadow uh, Taysom Hill. I would honestly, man, I'd probably have somebody shadow Taysom Hill. I have somebody shadow Alvin Kamara, you know, because I mean, just that's it man you know if you make Taysom Hill throw I don't think the Saints offense will be nearly as efficient as they want to be um it's all about them getting comfortable with the run game like Evan said controlling the pace of the game at their own uh flow kind of like how the Colts do things with with Jonathan Taylor you know uh, to, to a certain degree obviously I don't think the Colts are as wacky and whatever out there as the the Saints like to be um with Taysom Hill 
but um first and foremost yeah you got to stop the running ability of Taysom Hill you got to stop the running ability of Alvin Kamara uh and I think that you'll really start to have more control as to uh what you make this Saints offense do for the remainder of that game so I think that's huge Let's go ahead and wrap things up with our final segment of the show here on the game preview. It is the weekly checklist where basically we put together a list of three or four things the Bucks are going to need to do if they want to be victorious and claim their first NFC South title in 14 years against the New Orleans Saints in their home stadium on nationally. Yeah, on a national televised game. I was trying to build it up for something a little more epic, but words are hard, like you said earlier. Um, so Evan, I'll toss it to you, my friend. What have you got for the checklist this week? I think first and foremost, you got to say, stay disciplined, uh, because the reason they lost week eight, right? It wasn't the Tom Brady pick six. It wasn't the the defense letting Trevor Simeon go down the field. It was the penalties, right? And it, it was the dumb penalties that they allowed, uh, the taunting. Some of them were, were questionable. I get it, right? The roughing the passers, the, the horse collar thing. Some of them were questionable, but you still let the saints in your heads and you got to stay disciplined, right? The Saints really have nothing to lose, right? They're on the outside looking in right now. Like, if they lose this game, everybody's expecting them to lose this game, right? It's not like they have a ton of pressure to win this game. The Bucs have a lot of pressure because they want to clinch the division in front of their home fans. They're doing this whole red out thing and everything. There's a lot of pressure on the Bucs, and the Saints know that. So they're going to try to, you know, to to get in the Bucs' heads, and the Bucs just cannot let them. And unfortunately, they have in the past, but this time the Bucs just can't let them. So... So stay disciplined Two, like I've talked about earlier, um, contain Hill, contain Taysom Hill. Don't let him, if, if he wants to hurt you throwing the football, fine. Like, you know, I'm, I'm going to allow that. What I'm not going to allow is him to just run all over me and uh, be able to do really whatever he wants on the ground, because that's what he's comfortable doing. Right. So take him outside of his comfort zone and make him, you know, make some big time throws to the receivers who aren't that great either. Um, and then the third one is probably protect Tom Brady. Don't let the Saints defensive line have Brady under duress all day. Uh, it throws off the entire rhythm of the offense. It really does. And we talked about the Saints defensive line earlier and how good it is. So protect him. If you do these three things, I, you'll win by double digits. Will all three of these things happen? It's the Saints, so probably not. You know, But I think even if, if you get two of the three of these done, you should be able to win and it should be fairly comfortable. James, do you have anything you want to add to the checklist this week? And then after that, I want to hear your score prediction. We'll get into those. Yeah, you know, nothing much that Evan hasn't already covered, man. Fundamentals is the biggest thing. Because it seems like, again, you know, I don't mean to be sound negative, you know, but just whenever the Bucs play the Saints, man, it seems like some of their fundamentals just fly out the window. They tackle worse. They get more penalties. All these things happen, you know. So they need to get over that hump. They need to get over that mountain um, and play more disciplined football. That's the biggest thing, the biggest thing, because if you're able to do that, I think everything may start to set in place. And if you aren't able to do that, I think everything starts to fall away. So that's, that's huge, man. That's absolutely huge. So I would just emphasize that point even more than what Evan already did uh, just because of, of, of how, how important that is going to be in this game what's your uh, final score prediction oh, okay uh so, so for for my final score prediction man I, I do think the bucks will win this game you know i'm just gonna say because I, I already had them on three losses on the year and they've already gotten that so i'm not gonna tack on to that uh, i think that they are going to it's going to be a close game so i'm gonna say 24 21 is that is what i think the final score will be Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I have uh, – so the Bucks have a few streaks at home right now going on, right? And uh, I have one streak ending, and I have one streak continuing. So, 
I believe that this is going to be a hard-fought game, just like we talked about, just like James said. It's a divisional game. The Saints, as the chat pointed out, the Saints are playing for their lives, really, right? Like, if they lose this game, then they essentially have to run the table. They have to win three straight, and they also have to get help from other teams. You never want to do that. So the Saints know how important this game is, um, and they would love nothing more than to spoil the Bucks NFC South championship right in front of their, their home, you know, their home crowd, really, right? Um I, you know, I think everybody realized the Bucs are going to win the South, but the Saints are basically going to say, yeah, you're not going to do it against us. So I think they're going to fight really hard. I think the Bucs are the better team, though, uh, and I think the Bucs are going to come out with a win. Their winning streak at home continues. They have not lost a game since week 12 versus Kansas City of last year, but one streak will come to an end, and as James predicted, their streak of scoring over 30 points at home will come to an end. Uh, the Saints will hold them under 30. The Bucs will still get the win, though, 27 to 20. Well, we've said it before on the show, and I'll say it again. Who doesn't like going streaking every now and again, right? I, I certainly do, which is why like, I think we'll, – Will Ferrell and old school, man. Which is exactly why I think both of those streaks continue this week. I have Tampa oh, of Bay. Of course you do. Yeah, I know, right? Big shocker here. The Eternal Optimist has Tampa Bay winning this game and advancing to 11 and 3. I think the final score of this one 35 to 21. I do think the Buccaneers win by over 10 points and I think uh some of the Saints points that last touchdown they get, I think it's garbage time. I think this game could be 35 to 14 before they, you know, pull something out of their hat on the final drive of the game, but I think the Bucs win this one pretty handily. I, I mean, I think a lot of people feel the same. It's just, you know, I am the eternal optimist, but it, it's hard not to get too optimistic sometimes because we have to reason with ourselves. This is still the New Orleans Saints, unfortunately, and we've seen what they have done to the Buccaneers in Raymond James Stadium. I don't care if they're missing a head coach. I don't care if they're missing two starting tackles. I don't care if they're missing their starting quarterback. They could make this an interesting game. But I think if the Bucs go out there and – play the brand of football we know that they can for four complete quarters they're going to win this one by a landslide so i have got the bucks 35 to 21 so yeah how you like that i mean yeah it's not a surprise <laughs> you know um <laughs> I, I also you know my, my score is 27 20 i think it'll be like the bucks even though it's a one possession game, I think it'll always feel like the Bucks will will be in control of the game for the most part. But it, what the annoying thing is going to be is the Bucks will let the Saints hang around a little, right? Bit. Like, right? Yeah, like though, though, just like in Buff versus Buffalo, I'm not saying the Bucks are going to be up twenty four to three, but like versus Buffalo, like the Bucks are going to have, I, I think the Bucks are going to have opportunities to really put this team away and just like you know, third quarter or so need a touchdown drive, you know to put them up two scores, three scores, and they don't get it. Um, I, I think the Saints hang around, but I, you know, I just, I think the Bucks close the door on them uh, pretty quickly. And, um, you know, like I said, I think, I think it'll be, you know, 27, 17 around the start of the fourth quarter. And then the Saints will kick a field goal, but then I think the, the Bucks defense, the Saints just don't have enough on offense. I don't think to be able to get this done. Oh, yeah, 100%. It's going to be about whether or not they can keep up. And then you talked about keeping those guys in the game. That's going to come down to Tampa Bay and if they can play four complete quarters of football. So if they can do that, I think they win this one pretty handily. Really quick before we wrap things up, we'll go in the live chat. Some score predictions here from our buddy Joel L. Rican, 31-17 bucks. Brian Shaw says the game will not be close, 38-13 to bucks. The truth, bucks 32, Saints 10. Rashad Perryman gets way too many targets in this game. Kind of supporting mm -hmm. the bold prediction put out there by our buddy James Hill. Mm -hmm. Russ Week says we are still the champions. Tony Saylor. Now, real quick, James, you predicted Brashad Perryman to go over 100 receiving yards. You have not predicted him to get a touchdown, correct? That is not one of your bold predictions. No. Silence. Okay. 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 All right. I was <laughs> thinking if I wanted to say that. Oh, ah, man. You know, ah, give, give him a tutty. All right. Give, we'll it, give, give him a tutty. Give him a, a tutty. touchdown. All right, folks. 100 well, yards and a touchdown for Brashad Perriman. You heard it here first. With all of that being said, that's just about going to do it for this week's game preview edition of the Cannon Fire podcast brought to you by betonline.ag. Big thank you to our guy, James, for coming on the show this week. It's always a pleasure talking to you. And uh, if you guys want to check out his content, Mr. Bucks Nation over on YouTube. Is there is there anywhere else people can go or that that's it, right? 
that's it. All right. It's an all right channel. Yeah, it, I, it's okay. I'm, I'm returning today, which is good. Well, if you like daily Buccaneers content, yeah, I, I guess it's an all right channel. What uh, what our buddy Evan okay. said. Follow yeah. our show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show. And, of course, Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL. Last but not least, you can find myself, Instagram, and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. That's the show. Hopefully the next time we talk to you guys, it'll be live after a Buccaneers win week 15. The biggest division game of the year for Tom Brady and the Bucs. A chance to crown themselves champions of the NFC South division. We should be in store for a great game. We will talk to you guys right here on YouTube live following that game. Win, lose, or draw, we will be live right here on the Cannon Fire Podcast YouTube channel. So subscribe if you have not already. Plenty of great Buccaneers content throughout the course of the season. So I'm going to wrap things up. I'm your host, Rhett Matthew, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish, and our very special guest, James Hill. We'll talk to you guys late Sunday night following the game. Until then, and as always, go Bucks! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.